welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. In today's episode, I talk with my friends, Chad and Celia Baker. And Chad and Celia are amazing parents. I mean, truly, we love them. We love their kids. Uh, we intentionally send our kids to hang out with their kids so that our kids can be better kids. I mean, they're, they're really great. But a, a key feature of their life is camping. And so in this episode, we talk about all things camping, especially camping with a family. And Chad and Celia share some great tricks for not only how to fit it in, how to fit camping into our busy schedules, especially if we have kids, uh, but how to do it on a budget. And they've got some really great tips and tricks. Full disclosure, they gave us, uh, we'll say, the tools that my wife and I needed to get our family on our first uh, outdoors road trip Uh, this summer. So I can tell you from experience what they say here works and it makes for fantastic memories. Now, before we start, just a few things. Um, If you could do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast, that would be fantastic. And, you know, if at the end you like it, please give it a good review. I also want to tell you about a few things that we offer through Wilder Outdoors. So um, every week on Wednesdays, we send out a newsletter called Wilder Wednesdays. And it has tips and tricks for having great family adventures. Uh, you know, specifically, we will give you uh, a situation to prepare for in the outdoors. This last week, I wrote about what to do if you come across a black bear. We will share with you an outdoor or survival skill to learn and also some really great gear recommendations. So if you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to www.wilderoutdooracademy.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's wilderoutdooracademy.com forward slash newsletter. Now, uh, we also have an online academy. So Wilder Outdoor Academy started as just some classes that I would teach uh, for fun to some of our homeschool community focusing on outdoor and survival skills. Now, I've kind of maxed out my time with in-person classes, but there's been a lot of interest and demand for uh, those same sorts of resources for families and for kids. If you have an interest in that, uh, we offer a full suite of online classes right now. We've got seven classes available. Uh, It includes land navigation, practical knots for the outdoors, uh, survival shelters, firecraft, winter skills, all sorts of really useful and fun outdoor and survival skills. And you can get access to all of that uh, for just $20. So check it out at www.wilderoutdooracademy.com. Academy.com. So with that, let's get on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. So I have with me today my good friends, Chad and Celia Baker. And not only are Chad and Celia amazing friends, they're also incredible parents, and they live a very adventurous life in the outdoors uh, with their family. And so they're going to tell us a little bit about that today. So thanks, guys, for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having us, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. So um, for folks who don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, so we've been married for going on 20 years. Uh, we live in the Minneapolis metro area here. We've got four kids. One of uh, our oldest is 16. We've got twins that are just 15. And then we have a little guy who is about five and a half. So we've lived here in the Minneapolis metro for at least 25 years. And uh, yeah, we, we enjoy living here, but 
we, uh, I don't know, we endeavor to get out as much as possible and get out of the kind of the metro area and, and travel and adventure as much as we can out of this, this area. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a bad area. It's great. It's just that to get out a little bit further is always something we as a family can always get excited about doing. Right. And you guys aren't from the Twin Cities though, right? No, both of us grew up about three hours north of here in the uh, Brainerd Lakes area. And so for folks who may not know, Brainerd Lakes is not necessarily rural, um, but there is a lot more to do and a lot less people in terms of the outdoors there. So tell us a little bit about what that was like growing up um, outside the cities. I grew up more in a rural area. Chad grew up in town. And um, yeah, we had about 40 acres of field and dirt road and not many neighbors. And um, thankfully, I had a good friend down the road and we'd, we'd get together and ride bikes and do pretty much all of our days outside. And yeah, it was pretty, pretty slow paced as a kid. And I enjoyed moving to the metro area, but now having kids myself, the appeal of the quiet rural life is much greater (laughs) than it was. (laughs) Oh, I understand that. Um, Yeah. So, and, and when Celia says in town, I mean, Chad, tell us, tell us a little bit about the town you grew up, which is a wonderful town, but I think for someone maybe who grew up in the city that could use a a little context. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, um, my graduating class in high school was 80 kids kind of give you an idea of the surrounding area. And I still drove, you know, I was, I still live nearly 15 miles from my school. So, um, you know, that was many years ago and that area has grown since, but yeah, growing up in that area, a lot of lakes, it's kind of considered to be the the resort area of, or one of the big resort areas of, of Minnesota. So a lot of lakes, you know, it's called the North woods and just spent a lot of time in the North, in the, you know, in the woods, um, on the lakes, uh, outside, um, you know, we, to go to the grocery store or to go to town was really a 40 to 45 minute drive growing up. Um, I mean, we had a small, small grocery store and things in town nearer to us, but if you wanted access to some of the more, uh, more products and services, that's, you know, we were 40, 45 minutes away from that. So, you know, you made your grocery list, uh, and you got it right because, you know, and just turn around and go back to the grocery store to grab some, you know, some salt if you don't, if you don't have it. So, but an awesome place to grow up and, and small town, kind of small town living. Everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. So, yeah, we were, when we grew up though, or when we, you know, graduated, we were ready to move, I think, out of the area and look for opportunity and go to school. And, and you know, it was exciting to, to move away and uh, to experience at least larger city life and, and, uh, and more happening. But, now as yeah now as as parents and and having been parents for 16 years we really tend to i think appreciate more what we had growing up um and what we you know maybe someday would like to have again but um this is where you know god's put us and we feel like this is where we're supposed to be for now that's awesome well and you know i think one of the main reasons we're chatting on on this specific podcast is because you guys camp like more than anyone else I know, and you do it so well. And so, 
you know, now your kids are older and, you know, for anyone who's ever met you, they know that your kids are wonderful because they have wonderful parents. Um, and so they're very capable indoors and outdoors. Um, but when did you guys start doing things in the outdoors together? Did you do that before you had kids? Yeah, we did. We were, we camped. So we got married in January. We camped that first summer. We took an absolutely miserable trip up the North shore. <laughs> it rained terribly every day and we caught, we came home early <laughs> after, after spending lots of time in the laundromat and trying to wrap our tent in a tarp. So that yeah, was our first I, game. I ran over a cement cinder block with the car and it was, <laughs> it was a memorable experience. Yeah. We kicked off our, our camping experience together with uh, so, kind of a disaster of a trip. Oh my gosh. So was that your first time camping as a couple? Yes. Wow. It and was. So, go, oh, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, how long did that last? The camping trip? Yeah. It was maybe three days. Okay. Yeah. So you, you stuck it out a little bit. We tried. Yep. You know, Celia grew up camping and I had been camping several times as a kid, but it was never a family endeavor, you know, adventure or something that we went out to do regularly. So, uh, so for us, it was kind of just throw it in the car and, and go check it out and see, and see what happens. And, but, but that didn't deter us. I mean, we, we did it again. Yeah. The following summer, we took an epic trip out West and we were gone for about two weeks and we camped, um, all through the Dakotas and Montana and Wyoming and Yep, Idaho and stayed with friends a little bit here and there too, but mostly it was camping. And that was great. Wow. So so it sounds like you went from like zero to a hundred in one year. Is that right? Pretty much. We realized, I think, you know, being newly newlyweds that it takes a little more work to do things. <laughs> Maybe previously <laughs> camping, you know, I was usually with family or we just didn't have a plan, I don't think. Um, so we, mm -hmm. we planned it out the following year and it was really great. It was a great trip. That's awesome. So when you say, you know, you didn't have a plan and then you had a plan, what did that process look like? Well, we bought our own supplies largely. We didn't borrow everything from my parents, which is fine. But when it's your own items, you know, you, you're a little more invested and you, you know how it all works and what you, what you're going to be sleeping on and living in kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think you get some, you get some camping, <clears throat> you know, some camping equipment and it makes you feel a little bit more invested. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, but even on that trip early on, we, we still, we planned to some degree, we knew we were going to be kind of, here's where we'll try to be. Here's what, but we never really actually planned ahead and called ahead or looked or got any, Right. I think any reservations anywhere. And, you know, when it's just the two of us, we don't have, you know, a bunch of kids. It was a lot easier just to pull over and camp someplace for the evening. And you don't have to worry too much about, you know, meals and, and all the stuff that comes along with it. So, you know, we started, we started pretty light and started slow. Um, but as far as planning, yeah, we, we almost never make reservations with the exception of lately um, for camping, but we had, you know, a meal plan. We, we had a, a cooler that was ours and we planned to have you know breakfast and lunch and dinner and had an idea of those types of things um yeah we yeah. knew we had we had food to eat and gas for the car but we had no 
no plans to where to camp, but you know, we still tell our kids about that today. We go, yeah, we just left. We left the cities and we, we knew we were going West and we knew we were going to probably get to certain areas of certain States at certain times, but that was about it. So they're still kind of um, amazed that we just left and didn't have a plan. And you didn't have a lot of, I mean, 20 years ago, there wasn't, yeah, I didn't have like a, a phone that <laughs> couldn't I didn't have a smartphone or, you know, we didn't like plan ahead. The internet wasn't <laughs> too robust at that time. So yeah, we just, we just went for it. That's awesome. So for folks who may not have grown up in the age of smart or prior to smartphones, well, how did you get around? How did you know where to go? Atlas. Yeah, we used an actual map, which is <laughs> paper, a paper, a map. paper map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One night we, one night, I don't know, we were, I think it was somewhere in, in Wyoming. We had no place to go. It was getting dark and we just saw in this Atlas. It looked like there was a campground and I think we drove for, well, what it, it seemed like, 15 miles into the middle of nowhere and it started to get darker and we thought, man, this is getting kind of crazy. We're really out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere to, to go. Um, we just kept driving using this map and sure enough, we, we came upon a, a campground that turned out to be one of the most beautiful campgrounds on the side of this mountain that we, we remember to this day and we talk about it all the time. So it's that type of thing where it's just kind of into the unknown and a little bit of adventure, but you know, not so much that it's crazy dangerous, but you, 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 you make memories that way. So it was pretty great. So that, I mean, that's a pretty big transformation from, from year one to year two. Uh, how long was it before you guys had kids? Uh, about four years. And then we didn't camp until our twins were, well, we tried to camp when they were two and that was a disaster. It was a disaster, but it was, a, it was kind of a <laughs> necessary disaster, you know? They were still sleeping in cribs, so they they just didn't didn't quite catch on to sleeping in a tent. And we did it we did it really nearby the metro. So if um, if it was a train wreck, we could easily go home, which we did. And that's what we did. We kind of learned, okay, this is what we do different next time, and it was a good learning experience for all of us. But we went into it knowing, hey, we we might have to pull stakes up, literally pack up and pull stakes up and head home, and and that's what we did. But and, and it worked out. There was severe weather coming too, so we, right. we might have had to do it anyways. But anyway, they were just a couple <laughs> years old, and that's when we thought, let's let's try this. You know, we want to we want camping to be kind of something that we do as a family, so let's start as early as possible, and and uh, just didn't have real high expectations, so uh, we weren't terribly disappointed. And true, yeah, we had a little bit more, even more conviction and more planning next time. So what what were some of the things you learned for the second trip then with kids? Well, we bought a bigger tent for sure. We had a really small one. I don't know how we all would have slept in it. Um, it was helpful that none of them were sleeping in cribs the following year when we went. Um, we brought along we brought along a little um, potty chair because they were of the age where that was more convenient than going to some porta potty elsewhere. Um, yeah. We, I think, I think we, Celia is really good, Rob, with like planning for things and planning for camping. She's, she's really good at it. And I think we just learned, Hey, let's stay close. Let's not venture too far. Let's, mm-hmm. let's keep busy as a family. So when it's time for bed, it's time to go, you know, let's, let's, let's make sure they're tired. You know, let's, let's, let's go to a campground that's close enough by that has a playground, for example, or a beach. Um, you know, we're not going to just drive out to the middle of a state forest someplace where there's just nothing to do. 
Um, so we looked for, and there, there is within 30 minutes, 45 minutes to where we live, there's a couple of campgrounds, one in particular that we visited several more times over the years because there's a campground and there's a beach and it's easy to get to and it's close to a Dairy Queen and, and, it's, a, bike path. and a bike path and there's and it's close to a town if there happens to be problems or trouble, you know. So we just learned, hey, we, we need to kind of take this thing, you know, one step at a time. We're, we're the type of camper Celia and I are where we, we'd like to get way out in the middle of nowhere. And now we do with our kids or we have more than more uh, now that they're older. But those were just some of the things where I think just being realistic and being really honest about how this could go. It could go sideways, <laughs> but just planning ahead too. I think, I think we, we spent, Celia probably spent more time just kind of organizing and getting things ready so that we could spend two nights um, just in a, having everything we needed and just really enjoyable. Um, you know, we've always, you know, another thing that I think we've learned and, and really done well is we've always spent, if, if we, if we have a week off, we, we take that first day, for the most part of that week and even the last day of the week for packing and unpacking. Otherwise it just becomes a disaster to try to get everything together for a whole week and leave right after work on a Friday night or whatever it might be. Let's take, or let's take Saturday and let's pack and let's keep, let's put everything together and kind of take it easy and make sure we have everything. And it's not this rushed process. Let's take a whole day to get ready. And maybe we spend, you know, whatever, whatever time it is, we have three or four days to camp. Let's come home. And when we come home, we have a full day on the backside of that to like unpack and dry out and clean up. doesn't feel like we have to jump right back into our lives. So that's been helpful too. Yeah. I, and we'll, we'll talk in detail more about some, some of your tips and tricks. So, uh, for the listeners, you know, one of the things that Chad and Celia are great at doing is, um, camping efficiently so that they can do a lot of it and also camping on a budget. So we will, we'll revisit some of that for sure. Um, but what, what's really interesting to me is as you describe all of this, right, just to, to clarify for everyone, you're talking about car camping. Absolutely. Correct? We pack up our car and we set up a tent. Yeah. Ideally yeah. we can, you know, campgrounds that we can drive the car directly into right up to the campsite is, is ideal. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I ask because, you know, when, when Michelle and I first got married, we were like really interested in being intense people, like not, not intense, but intense, right. With an S. And so we, we set off backpacking we tried to, you know, just do the craziest thing. And before we had kids, we would think of car camping as like, <laughs> why even, you know, why, why do people do that? And now, you know, I, I say that because now that I have kids, I'm like, car camping mm -hmm. is the best. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think, you know, if you were to speak to a younger me, what is it that you guys are getting out of these experiences in the outdoors that you're it's having? It's an opportunity to get away from the normal, the daily, the, the everyday um, things that we have to do around the house or work or school and to separate ourselves from that and be in nature as a family with really nothing else going on, but our family finding things to do together. Um, so it's really, it's really a great time to build those relationships and to make memories and to do things that we don't do every day, most certainly. And, um, yeah, just create that time together. Yeah, I think I would add to that saying, you know, I think some of the 
the camping trips we went on over the years. I mean, it's it's amazing how many how much our our kids remember. Obviously, Caleb, our, our youngest, being only five and a half, is, hasn't hasn't been as many times. But it's amazing how much they remember. How many times they bring up? Remember when we went camping here? Remember when we went camping there? Remember we did this and that? And so that is just invaluable. I think they they will remember those things and they'll they'll take them with them forever. So I think it's it's the the adventure together for me and 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 the girls when they were younger before Caleb came along it was you know adventure out from the campsite and go find something that's seemingly kind of dangerous whether it's crossing rocks on a river or taking a hike into the woods that we've never been in before and getting a little bit lost you know that type of thing of course within reason and and not too dangerous but things like that where there's a little bit of uh kind of intrigue and adventure they've they've really it's really struck a chord. They've really remembered mm-hmm. those things. And then meeting back at the campfire and just enjoying time around a, the campfire and making a meal. And I think the other part is we all have to pitch in. We all have to work. We don't just go drive someplace and get out and sit in, in a living room somewhere or, or get on an airplane and fly somewhere. It's like, we all need to help prepare. We all need to help set up a tent and get our stuff together and gather wood. And it's, it's kind of a family event, uh, working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know this, but your, your kids are very different from the rest of the kids that I know in, in those very specific ways you're talking about, right? They have great relationships with you. Uh, they work as a team. Um, they aren't afraid of a little danger. In fact, I've, I've sort of seen them, you know, seek a little bit of that out. So, you know, if you were going to, uh, you know, make a pitch to someone who's saying like, oh man, they're kind of on the edge of, of wanting to either go through the work or maybe envision themselves car camping with kids because maybe they were like us and crazy. Um, you know, what, what, what would your pitch be, uh, for someone who's, who's thinking about taking their families? on? I would say, try it, start small, do one night somewhere, not too far away. Pack one cooler, get some firewood and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, jump in and do it. It's it's not it's not terribly scary, especially if you can someplace nearby. And obviously, you got to take the weather into consideration and things like that. But man, you know, even if it's kind of the truth is, is that even if it's kind of a disaster, generally some fun will come from it, and some sort of you know crazy memories will come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, depending on the age of of someone's someone's kids, you know, even if it's even if it's, you got to come home and it just didn't work out. Generally, there's some fun memories made of trying to make it happen and working together. And it's, it's, it's always been worth it for us. Even if it seemed like it didn't work out, there's always been good memories that went along with that. Okay. So Chad, you said something that really interests me and that is the idea of creating danger for your kids. Can <laughs> yeah. you tell us a I, little I think, bit more about you know, that? For, for us, and it depends on the the age of your kids or someone's kids, but you know, for us, you get your, your tent set up and, and the dust kind of settles at the campsite and you get a fire going and maybe you've eaten dinner or whatever it is. It's like, let's go explore. Let's, let's go someplace. Let's, let's look around. And, and for us, we've, we've been to several campsites over and over again, but for others, it's, it's new, it's new and there's, there's plenty to explore and let's go find out what's out there. And I think, you know, if there's a creek or, or a river, or if there's a, you know, a hike to do, if there's a little bit of climbing or, or whatever it is, I think, you know, I remember one time in particular that we just went for a hike through the woods. Let's go find out where this trail goes. And we ended up kind of getting off the beaten path a little bit. And 
and we found ourselves on a dirt road going, okay, I think this way is north. And, you know, in reality, we weren't in a terrible amount of danger or anything, and we weren't going to run out of food or anything. And we're in, you know, within an hour's walk of some help if we really needed it. But, you know, going, gee, we're kind of lost. I guess let's just go this way. And the kids kind of asking questions like, well, gee, are we going to get back to the campsite? Is this going to and us assuring them, yep, it's going to happen. We're going to get back. But then having incredible conversation on this mile out of the way walk back and singing songs um, together and kind of making the best of our, our, our time kind of gently lost, if you will. My kids still talk about that. Remember when we got lost that time, dad, and we sing the songs and we, we talk about how kind of scared they were, but you know, and the real reality is, is that, you know, their mom and I had it under control the whole time. We were a little concerned, like, okay, we, <laughs> we've got to, how long are we really going to be gone from our <laughs> campsite here? But you know that we've, we've done a few times where, Hey, there's a little bit of this rushing Creek. And, and again, we're not putting the kids in danger, but let's, let's go across this Creek and, Oh, dad, you know, what if we fall in and get wet? Hey, let's, let's do it anyway. And, um, jumping in a really cold lake, you know, and, and some of those types of things where it's just out of the norm of what you'd normally do. And those are the things that really count. I think when you, when you go camping and make the memories. Mm-hmm. So it, has there ever been a situation that got a, a little out of control or maybe um, a little too dangerous? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we've been, we've been in places where it's been uncomfortable, uh, at least where I'm slightly uncomfortable, like, okay, I think it's probably time to head back. We're, we're, you know, far enough away from camp or something that we need to do that. But I don't, not more than, not more than just, yeah, that. I can't I, think of anything right. and I pretty sure I would remember. But even things, you know, Rob, even things like for us that it's it's like <laughs> let's let's go and and we do this all the time. Let's we know we know a campground we kind of are planning on going to. It's first come first serve. I guess we'll find out when we get there 5 hours away. And the kids appreciate that. They're like, "Oh, maybe we won't. We don't know what campsite we're going to. We don't know if anyone's going to be there. We don't know if it's going to be full or we have to go someplace else and you know, things like that. And that's actually happened to us. We got, we camped out in Grand Teton. We left the Twin Cities Metro at four o'clock in the morning and went, all right, we're going to be there in, I don't know, 16 hours. We have no idea if there's going to be any campground available for us. We, we had it on good word that there probably was during the COVID deal, but we ended up driving out to Grand Teton and looking for a campsite for a long time. A long time. And it <laughs> became an actual incredible comedy because we could not find a campsite and it's starting to get dark and the kids were all kind of wondering what's going to happen. And long story short here, Rob, but just to give you, just, just to give you an idea, this kind of goes back to that element of danger. It's like, Oh no, no. What are mom and dad going to do? I mean, our kids are probably, we're probably, you know, 12 and 13 or something at the time. Like, what are we going to do? We're in the middle of Grand Teton. Jackson, if you're familiar with that area is, you know, 30 miles away. Um, we got out there, we could not find anywhere to camp and we drove around for probably an hour and went to several different spots and there's no internet in the park at all. Hardly at all. You're really lucky if you find it. Uh, you can't just call a campground. So we, we found a spot We said, let's just camp here. It's on the edge of the park. This is a great spot. We got out of the car and mosquitoes as big as birds. Yeah. So we, we've, eventually we pulled over on the side of the road. There was a big teepee by the road and a guy had about four or five little camper cabins. And we thought, let's just do this. Normally we wouldn't, but 
we, it's getting late and we got to do this and the, everyone's ready to kind of be done driving and looking around for a campsite. We pulled in and the guy said, oh, I just rented my last one, but I've got this teepee out by the road. We went out there and some, some creature, some creature of decent size scurried out of the, out of the teepee. And we went, eh, we're probably not going <laughs> to, not going to stay there. So we took off, we went into back into Teton park and it's kind of sounds like who would want to do this. This doesn't sound like any fun. And at the time it wasn't, but we got into Teton and we got a campsite. They, they, we had the last one at this place that we found. And, and the guy said, you can go camp over here. It's the RV area, which is not our area. We don't like to camp in the RV area and generators. And he said, it's a concrete slab, but you guys can camp there for the night. And in the morning, you'll be able to find another campsite. So we pulled in and everyone was so relieved to have a, to have a place to, to at least set up our tent and we can just relax and have our, have our evening together. And we got out of the car. I said, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Celia said, I'm going to start getting the tent out. Um, the kids started to unload all the, all their stuff. And, uh, I got back from the, the restroom and she's got the whole tent laid out on the ground, but she goes, Hey, where's the, where's the tent poles? And I went, yeah, they're with the tent. And she's like, they're not here. And, uh, and so we, we left our, our tent poles at home back in Minnesota. So there we are, we've got a campsite now, but no tent poles. <laughs> and we're like trying to figure out how are we going to, how are we going to make this work? Um, so long story short, we went into Jackson, uh, into Jackson, Wyoming to, to, to get a hotel room <laughs> for all of us. And, uh, and we had, yeah, we had Caleb at this time too. So it was, it was all of us. And we ended up, you know, there's no such thing as a cheap hotel room in Jackson. So we ended up getting a hotel and, and doing that. Our friends were actually on their way out to, to visit us and camp with us. And, and they ended up buying a tent for us, but there wasn't, a, it's not like there's a Walmart in Jackson. This just doesn't, doesn't, they don't have it there. So they ended up stopping someplace in, you know, Eastern Wyoming and buying this massive tent for us. So we we call it the Taj Mahal. It was a, our eight hundred dollar tent. If you add in the cost of the tent plus the um, <laughs> plus the uh, the and hotel room, <laughs> but we had an awesome trip, and that was a just fabulous camping trip. But we still talk about that that kind of adventure that we had trying to screw around and find find a campground. And and again, I know it doesn't sound like a ton of fun, but man, the kids remember that the most. They remember that part of the adventure. Okay, so. Chad, you are very excited about this kind of adventure. Celia, do you feel the same way? Well, it can be frustrating sometimes to not have a reservation and know exactly where, where we're going to stay. But Chad is right. Like every every campsite we stopped at, there was some comedy of errors. And it might not have been super hilarious at the moment, but we knew in the moment we would laugh about this because... It was just uh, uncanny what kept happening at each spot. So, yeah, we got we got a great tent out of the deal in the long run, and uh, yeah, we call it the Taj Mahal, and it's we're. I think I think it just works out. There's always some place to stay when you're camping, even if it's um, you know doesn't have great amenities. There's we've never uh, not been able to find a spot to stay. That's true. Yeah. We've never, we've always, you know, we don't go into something like totally without a plan, but it is kind of neat to go, okay, we know there's a campground here. That's first come first serve. It's, you know, it's, they don't take reservations. Let's go for it. But you know, we'll look at a couple other places too and go, well, within 10 or 
12 miles away or wherever. Here's a couple of others. We, we know there's a few other places that we could go if we had to, and we get there and there's nothing available. Well, Hey, it's an inconvenience, but that's okay. You know, um, we're willing to do that for, because all the other, a lot of the campgrounds out there are reservation and they're a year in advance and you get there and some people prefer to camp where there's 300 ex people camping all around them. We, we prefer off the beaten path, non-reservable stuff that's a little bit further out and and we've found that we've just had the better experience that way all the way around that's awesome so you know let, let's pivot a little bit um it's it's the end of the summer right your girls just started school but you guys like you camped a ton this summer tell me about that this summer was uh unlike any other time in history for our family in that we actually made reservations in advance <laughs> Well, well let's, let's two, two of the three places. So, but let's tell them about early on in the spring when we sat down with the we sat down with the kids. Sure, it was still winter time. I think there was still snow on the ground, and we were having breakfast together. And we just asked the girls, "Hey, who, who, or any of you, do you want to do any more camping this summer? Because they're getting to the age where they might not be as interested at some point." And without hesitation, they all <laughs> said yes. So we looked at each other and knew in that moment we needed to make it happen. And in order to make it happen, when your kids are the ages of ours, we needed to make reservations and do some planning in advance and, and set, set aside those, those weekends or those weeks um, to make it happen before it filled up with other activities. Um, so yeah, we, we started off the summer Memorial Weekend up at Itasca State Park, and um, it was pretty great. We met Chad's cousin and his family up there and got to meet a, a bear in the campsite next to ours, so that was exciting. Um, lots of wildlife up there. And then in July, we were in Bayfield, Wisconsin at a campsite we've been to many times before, and we were able to camp with some good friends up there. And then we wrapped up in August out at the Black Hills in South Dakota with some good friends also. And yeah, it was a great, it was a great camping summer. It was. And, you know, Celia says we camp, we camp with friends. We didn't always do that, but that's something else that we found is just adds to the experience is to meet some friends there. And, and especially with the kids, these particular friends, they have kiddos that are the same age as our kids or close. And that just really helps a lot too, especially when, you know, they're 14, 15 to have a few other kids there that are their age. Um, that's, that's been, been really helpful too, to meet, meet friends there. And, and we've done that over the years where, man, it just, such a neat, neat, neat thing to do with, with another, with another family mm -hmm. as well. And so do you find yourself sort of being camping evangelists with your friends? No, we, we, I don't think we've talked anyone into camping with us. We just find those who already like to camp and we do it together. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of work, you know, it is a lot of work, but mm -hmm. it's worth it. So how did you make that work this summer? Because I know for a lot of folks, myself included, right, it, it can be hard to, you know, even just find the time to go, right, whether it's, you know, work or kids schedules and activities. Um, but then on top of that, you found the time to plan all of this. So how, how did you make that work?
Well, like I mentioned earlier, Celia is an incredible planner um, and packer as well. Those Neither one of those two things are my strong suit. But really, I think it's, at least this is my, my perspective is that it's, it's the commitment to go, we're going to do this and to plan the weekend or the, you know, three days or whatever, four days or whatever it is. Um, and I think it's just carving that time out and saying, mm-hmm. no, we're going to do this and making sure nothing comes, you know, I, I'm usually the one looking for the, the place to stay and how far we're going to go and where we're going to go, that type of thing. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of planning for that, but Celia is the one that's gifted in meal meal preparation and deciding what we're going to bring and, and I mean uh, what we're going to have and how we're going to pack it and things like that but just keeping it simple saves a lot of time and I don't know if that kind of answers your question but it, I think it's more just the commitment of planning to do it and sticking with it yeah we really had to block off the dates we you know the girls um, knew which dates we were going to go camping. It was on the actual physical calendar that hangs in our kitchen. Um, so it wasn't, it was already, that time was already spoken for. So it was, that's a way that we can protect the plans that we've made. And, and if it's important, it, it'll, it'll get on there first and then we can just work around it. I think two of the trips were just two nights each. Um, so that doesn't require time off of work. And then our last one, there were a couple extra days. It was like a Wednesday to Sunday. So it really wasn't a huge um, sacrifice in as far as, you know, time off or, you know, not being able to fit it in because it they fit mostly over the weekend anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and as far as, as far as like meal planning, I... I love to do all of that for a camping trip and figure out what we're going to eat, how it's going to work, how we're going to fit it in the cooler. And I, yeah, I learned some new, some new tri- tricks and tips from uh, some friends we were with this summer also and in, in making that better. So that was exciting well, for me. And yeah, I was actually, um, I was hoping you would mention that because, you know, we, we took our first road trip as a family. We went to uh, Mammoth Cave National Park. And for anyone who's listening, our kids are, uh, I mean, as of today, they are six, five, and three. But when we did that, they were six, four, and three. Um, and so it, it was it was a big lift for us to think about driving from the Twin Cities to Southern Kentucky. Uh, but you gave us some tricks and tips for making it not just enjoyable, you know, but, but efficient as well, which is, you know, a key, key piece when you're trying to save time. So what would you, what, what are some of the things you guys have learned to make sure that those, those trips go smoothly, you save as much time as you can, and you have fun? Mm -hmm. So generally we'll pack the car the night before, if it's, you know, any distance that we're traveling and, um, we'll get the kids up really early in the morning, like five o'clock, maybe we'll leave and they're still, you know, in their pajamas or they dressed in their clothes the night before and they're sleepy and they might sleep for a little while in the car while we, you know, drive the first couple hours. And then we'll, we'll either stop for rolls or have something, you know, a nice breakfast treat for when everyone's kind of up and at them. And um, by then you've got a couple hours behind you and they're just waking up. And then... In the littler years, like your kids and even our Caleb, um, having things to 
entertain them throughout the day. Little things. I'm talking like during the drive. During the during the drive, yep. Dollar store trinkets that once every hour they get to open up a little, you know, something that's wrapped in some wrapping paper and and it's a new little thing to entertain them for a while. It doesn't cost money, much money, doesn't take up much space, and it engages them. Another trick also is like to stop at a rest stop, run the kids, don't don't stop and sit and eat lunch. Stop and run, play a game, run around, um, be at a playground, and then get in the car and then pass out the lunches or whatever you've bought or packed. It's just a way to to make the time go by um, more while you're in the car, get out the energy when you stop. Yeah, I think, let me just add to that. So you've done a, a really great job of like, we try not to have much screen time in the car, not just have a have a tablet or whatever, although your kids have them now, but you know, we've done a couple of trips where they love Legos. So they'd bring Legos along or, or we'd buy them just like a new little box Lego, right? Like the smaller kind and take a upside down shoe box or a shoe, you know, up the top to a shoe box or some sort of platform upside down and give them that and something to work with Legos on. And, you know, you, you buy yourself an hour plus some, some of those types of things, just playing with Legos in the car, a new Lego um, type build, things like that. Um, and just like she said, just, just something so the little kids every, every hour they get another little toy or something, something new to, to play with. That's, that's been really effective as well. Mm -hmm. Just other than screen time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, what I love about what you're saying too, is those are all really like cost effective tricks, right? They're all, they're all cheap. And so, you know, the other thing I love about what you do and what you've helped us do is to do this on a budget. So what are some ways that you have found to make sure that you can have these big adventures and not go broke? Well, camping is a pretty cheap way to stay anywhere as a family. <laughs> so um, by far, even if it's a nice campground, you're spending way less than staying at a hotel somewhere. And to do that, you do have to, you know, you do have to invest in some decent equipment. But once you do that, you have it generally for years um, to use. Yeah, I think you know, this last trip we went on, Rob, we we had, we were blasting off across the country to the Black Hills. I think it's a 10-hour drive. You know, we had lunch packed the night before. We brought it along with us. We didn't have to stop. We just ate lunch when we were hungry, you know, packed lunch on the way. Um, you know, stuff like that doesn't sound terribly flashy, but it is fun. You just kind of get everything out in the car and just keep driving. And man, you save a ton of time and, and a ton of money. Yeah, certainly you want to, to, you know, as much as you can bring all of your food that you're going to um, eat or need because little, little uh, ma and pa grocery stores usually cost a lot more um, to, to pick up extra supplies. And not that we haven't done that, but um, the more you can pack from home, um, saves a lot of money as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, you guys certainly helped us with that. And, and, uh, we, we have certainly learned, um, the, you know, the cost of the, the small stops at the gas stations. Oh my gosh, it costs almost as much as a tank of gas by the end of it. Um, but yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I think one of the things that you helped us with at one point or is, is someone helped us with was to, um, uh, 
to to bring kids lunch boxes. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but to, for every kid to have a lunch box sort of sets the structure for the whole trip, right? Like food comes from the lunch box. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been a super helpful trick that we stole from you guys, I think. Um so Celia, you mentioned you stole some some new ideas from your friends for food. Uh tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, I mean it's nothing earth-shattering, but it's the little things, you know, after camping for so long to find a new trick is pretty, pretty exciting. And the first, the first uh, two trips we took this summer, I was a bit frustrated with my cooler situation. Um, like we're, we weren't close to town. So all the little, you know, the little ranger stations or places that sold ice. I mean, I was, we were needing ice every day, sometimes twice a day if it was hot. And so on our second trip to Bayfield with some friends, I, asked what they were doing in their cooler and she had frozen two gallons of water like two jugs of water completely froze so her cooler was like a refrigerator all of her cheese and lunch meat was not swimming in water <laughs> like ours yeah. was at the end of the day and it was just it it took up a lot of space and we had to use our our bigger cooler for the next trip but we hardly bought ice at all and yeah all of our um, everything in our cooler wasn't, wasn't soggy and wet, which just made it for a much more enjoyable experience when you're, you know, going to make a meal. So that was, that was huge for us, for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science. You can, you can buy a block of ice, but it still melts and gets everything in your cooler all wet. So it's kind of a, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a epiphany for us. Oh yeah. And as the, as the ice melts, then you have more cold drinking water. So it's just a win-win. <laughs> That's win. awesome. Yeah. So one of like, one of the things that Celia, like I mentioned, I keep mentioning, she's really good at is just planning meals and planning ahead. But, you know, she does things like, like whisk all the eggs that we're going to have for breakfast over the course of two or three days and put them in disposable, you know, water bottles. Um, and so that, that way, you know, in the morning you, you just get up, you, <clears throat> you don't have to whisk all your eggs and make a mess with bringing eggs along. Um, they're already all scrambled or already whisked up and ready to just pour right into a hot pan uh, and, and to scramble right there on site. So little things like that really save a lot of time and clean up, clean up and space in your cooler and all that stuff too. That's awesome. All right. Well, as sort of a, a last thing, you know, we, you've already encouraged folks to just start, right? And, and that's always a big thing is just start where you can, but I'm actually curious, let's go from the other end. If people we're going to have a bucket list of camping um, based on the places that you have been. What should be on people's bucket list? Wow. Well, I would say, I know it's a little tricky now with making reservations at state parks, but when we camped the second year of our marriage and we went to Grand Teton, we looked around at all the families and the kids eating ice cream and all the amazing scenery and hikes and we said we would love to bring our family back to here someday and um, we were able to by the grace of god <laughs> return when our kids were a little bit older and could enjoy the experience so that is just a it's just it was an epic week that we had with just the beauty and the trails and nature and the ice cold mountain lake and yeah, it was, it was, it'd definitely be on, yeah. on my list. Yep. Grand Teton National Park would be the top. I think 
you know, if, if someone's in the Midwest here, it, you know, your options for topography are a little more limited. You know, the North Shore is, is always great to camp up anywhere on the North Shore of Lake Superior, just north of Duluth. Um, we've done that quite a few times. Um, the Black Hills, of course, is within a day's, a day's drive if, if you're willing to drive that eight, ten hours straight through. Um, and, of course, the topography there and things to do, that is a that is a great trip. I'd, I'd say that maybe not a beginner-type camping trip, but it is one that, that is definitely one to do. But closer to the metro here, I mean, we, we like northern Wisconsin, um, four hours, five hours, the Bayfield area, max. Um, and uh, let's see, where else have we been? You know, Itasca, kind of around the uh, the Minneapolis area, down along the Mississippi River um, between yeah, between Minnesota and Wisconsin, there's there's a lot of great state parks really close to us here in the in the Minneapolis metro to the east along the river. As long as you don't mind trains. What was that place? Washburn. Train. Washburn, Minnesota has a couple of de decent campgrounds nearby. Yeah, but uh, yeah, trains along the river can kind of be one of those things at night where you're. <laughs> You'll hear them. You'll hear them all night along the river, but there's some neat camping along there too. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to go on our list for next summer for sure. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to, to chat. And I know folks are going to love it.